Here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. My name is Dosta, and today is Thought Experiment Day. I don't know if that's a internationally recognized holiday, but maybe it should be. And today's thought experiment is how or what would you do, in which way would you go about describing a tree to a blind man? Now let's really think this through. That's what a thought experiment is for. How would you describe a tree to a blind man? I myself, I've never had a conversation with a blind person. I've never really met a blind person. There have been a few small occasions in my life when I've sort of crossed paths with them briefly, but I've never actually sat down and spoken to them. And I can only imagine that the circumstances under which that would happen would be very strange, very... I think I would feel quite awkward and quite uncomfortable, almost. And I'm not one to go out and say, look for a blind person, just to have that experience. I'd rather let it happen naturally. I wish there was someone that I knew in my sort of social sphere or social circle somehow that I had a, I could form a connection with or who was blind. And when I think about this, when I think this through, I would really have things to ask them. I would want to know about them. How long have you been blind for? How did you become blind? Are you fully blind or are you only partially blind? Is there any pain involved? Can you move your eyeballs? Is there a sort of something happening with the eyes and the eyelids? And some people become blind in some cultures through violence. In India, there's a sort of cultural, I wouldn't say tradition, but there's this cultural thing of sending someone blind. And that's through putting poison or chemicals on their face. And that's, that's a dark violence. That's, a, that's an intentional blind. That's, a, that's not a natural thing. And some people are blind naturally through disease. And I don't know any of the diseases that do that. I'm sure there are a few. And they all have their different effects. But if we come back to meeting a blind person, I I realize that I would want to know about their experience. I'd want to know what they see. How do they experience the world? 
what are their daily life routines like? What are their habits? What's it like to brush your teeth? What's it like to have a shower? What's it like to wake up in the morning? What do you spend your day doing? Do you have a job? Where do you work? What sort of work can you do? Now, in a lot of cultures, a lot of rich Western cultures, we have support for people with disabilities. So they don't have to work too much. So they're taken care of. But it might be that this person is blind and feels the need to work, to do something, to create, to build things. And it might be that this blind person is quite successful. It might be that this person has built quite a lot and has a high degree of intelligence. And that would be a humbling experience to sit and have a conversation with a blind person, knowing that they're better off than you, not necessarily in monetary ways, but in productivity ways, in the confidence or the the virtuous pride that comes with knowing that you've made something in this world, you've created something, you've built something. So I don't know what that would be like. But let's imagine we're having this conversation with this blind man or this blind person. And they're sitting on our back porch. And let's say for argument's sake, they've never seen anything. And they're not partially blind, they're totally blind. And our job is to describe a tree to this person. Now, why a tree and why not something else? Well, maybe there's a back tr- there's a there's a tree on the back porch and we're sitting on this back porch and it just comes up that wow, this really is a magnificent, big, gorgeous tree with so many leaves. The blind man says, "Well, what's what's leaves?" And you can see here when he says, what are leaves or what are trees? And he says, well, describe it to me. He says, I wish I could see what you see. There's, there's a, there's a fundamental, there's a fundamental uh, quality already in this conversation between us and this blind man, which is that he wants to know. He's curious And the only experience he can have of this tree as we sit here on the back porch, you and I, and we admire it with our eyes, is what we tell him. So what what would we tell him? What would we say? Well, it's got leaves, it's got branches, it's got twigs, it's got a trunk. And he says, well, what, what is a trunk? It's like, well, the trunk is the base, it's the... It's like the body of the tree. It's like your torso, your rib cage. And the branches are more like arms. And they're a little bit thinner. The, the, the branches are thinner than the trunk. And the twigs are thinner than the branches. And on the branches we have leaves. And leaves are 
the parts of the tree sort of like miniature hands, but without fingers. And they have a, well, on this particular tree, they have a point at one end and they're sort of rounded with a spine down the middle. So if you think of a, a semicircle on one side or a sort of it's sort of twisted semicircle, two, two semicircles, almost like a circle. But if you take a circle and then draw a line down the middle of it, and then where the line hits the edge of the circle, you pull it out a little bit, then you, you get a point, And that's sort of the shape of a leaf. But now I forget that we're talking to a blind man here. Does he even know what a circle is? Does he even know what a, the shape of a circle is? Well, surely he would have some idea of what a circle is. I mean, he's drunk from mugs before. He's held cups before. So let's say a circle. he knows that a circle is the shape of a cup. But we need to verify that with him as we have this conversation. We say, you do, do you know what a circle is? Because of course I know what a circle is, you idiot. I've drunk from mugs before. I'm not an idiot. I might be blind, but I'm not an idiot. And there's an emotional, there's an emotional thing there of, oh, should we tell him this or should we not tell him this? And how's he going to take it? He might not get angry. He might not say, hey, you idiot. He might not be insulted by that. He might make a joke out of it. Yes, yes, of course I know what a circle is. You know, the joke's on us. We're the idiots. <laughs> But still, we have to go through this process. Every moment, we have to say, are you sure you know what that means? Can you relate it to something in your experience? Are you sure you know something that's related to another thing and what the thing we're relating to is something clear to you? And he says, well, okay, get on with it. How many leaves are there? Oh... I don't know. More than I can count. And he says, what? Well, a thousand? Two thousand? A million? Well, this is this is actually a pretty big tree. This is Well, how do we how do we work it out? We could we could estimate by saying, well, it looks like a twig. From here it looks like a twig has about say it's got about ten leaves. And that twig, well, you know before when we said that it's like trunk, branch, and then twig, and then leaf? Now that we're looking closer at it, it's actually not those three things. Because the twigs, there's a scale of twigs. There's like between the the twig that has the leaf and the branch, there's about three or four different thicknesses of twigs. And they all have a different amount of leaves on them. So... And also there are branches which are different thicknesses. So it's like this uh, scaling out. It's a, a body which has an arm and the arm has arms and the arms has fingers and the fingers have fingers. And then the fingers have leaves or, or even more steps than that. So this is why it's so tricky to estimate how many leaves there are. There's more than I can count because there's so many. They're all bunched together. But let's say there's 10 per twig, and each twig, each branch has maybe 100 twigs. Would that be fair? I'm just looking at it. 
100 twigs. So that would be a thousand per branch. And then we say there's branches, there's probably by the looks of this branch, there's like, it's probably about four or five. So there must be about 5,000 leaves per branch on this particular tree. And how many, how many branches are there? Well, the main branches with 5,000, let's say there's, let me take a closer look. There's like, there's got to be more than 10. So there's more than 50,000 leaves. There's got to be more than 50,000 leaves on this tree. Wow. What an amazing tree. 50,000 leaves. And it's like, well, are they all the same color? What do we say about color to a blind man? How can we describe color? Maybe we shouldn't bring color up. To someone who's always been blind, I would feel, is it a fool's errand? Is it hopeless to try to discover it, to, to describe it? Would that trigger something in him? Would that be too much revealing of how much he can't see would that be too much of a confrontation of how much he's missing out because as you and me we sit here and we describe this tree we're sort of doing it mathematically we're sort of doing it with words but that moment when we realize wow there's more than 50,000 leaves that's when it steps into poetry that's when it steps beyond the maths. And when we talk about color, well, color is poetry. Color isn't maths. Maths is totally colorless. And that experience of poetry, the feeling, can't be put into words. And there's something to be said about revealing how much joy there is in something to someone who can't also enjoy it. But let's, for this thought experiment's sake, let's say the blind man's saying, okay, well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I've got a bit of an idea of it, so... You're telling me this, this tree is, has got 50,000 leaves and about 10 branches and a big trunk. And, and is that all there is to it? We say, well, no, there, it's also got roots into the ground, but we can't see those. So it's standing, it's standing in the ground. It grows out of the ground like a plant. You know what a plant is, right? He knows what plants are. And he says, well, are the, le are the leaves just staying still? And we say, no, they blow in the wind. Well, do they all blow in the wind? Say, say, say a gust of wind comes, do they all move in the same way? And it's like, well, no, the wind sort of moves in waves. And some leaves seem to shimmer and shake and sort of dance and wave around at us more than others. And then other parts of the tree might be perfectly still. So it's a very vibrant thing. 
There are also a few dewdrops here, and every now and then one falls and hits the few leaves below it. So if you watch closely, you can see the leaves move. And also if you really stand back, if you zoom your eyes out, you look at the whole tree all at once, you can see that there's a gentle breathing to it. Sometimes an entire branch moves all of the leaves slowly, ever so subtly. And that's different to a gust of wind coming along to rustle just a few areas of the leaves. So this question that he's asked, this blind man, about, well, are the leaves staying still or not? That's led us to describe more. It's helped us fill out his inadequacies of visualizing this tree. And if he has any other questions, he has any other curiosities, and he has an intelligence of really wanting to know what this tree is like, he can keep asking us questions. He can keep saying, well, is it like this? Is it like this? Is it like this? Is it like this? And we can keep moving forward and building up this picture for this idea, this, this thing, so that this blind man that we're sitting on the back porch with can have at least some sort of shared experience of the tree. And he might say, you know what? I, I really liked it when you were, you were speaking more poetically and the tone of your voice was like, wow. I could hear in the tone of your voice the appreciation. If I, if I really wanted to get an idea of this tree as a blind man, I'd like you to write me a poem about it. That way I could really get a sense of the feeling. So that way you're not transmuting the object into my perceptionary experience, but you're transmuting the feeling that you've got from this object into me. And that is a totally different way of communicating. And I think with the blind man that that's possible. There's something that can be done there. I think it's quite possible for a blind man to have a deep connection to poetry. To be open to those sorts of things. He might need it more than most. Poetry might be his connection to the world. And then, of course, someone might say, maybe it's you. To hell with poetry. Let's go and show you what a real tree is. Let's get out of here. Let's get off this back balcony. We don't need poetry. We don't need all that lovey-duffy romantic fluff. We can show you what the tree is. Come, come with us. So we, we pick him up. We help him out. We show him through, through the house, down the stairs, across the way, and we go out into the bush. And he's stumbling around and we say, look, you stumble around a bit with your hands out. Put your cane away. Your, your, what do you call a blind man's stick? Is it a cane? 
Is it a walker? Is it a... No, it's not a walker. It's a... It's not a feeler. I don't know what it's called. Maybe it is just called a cane. Anyway, we tell him to put that aside and we say, just go around with your hands out and we'll tell you if you're getting into any danger or if there's anything around. And you feel around and when you find a tree, just feel it, just see what happens. And then he's stumbling around and he's he's got his hands out and he's sort of stepping over twigs and rustling in the, the, the leaves on the ground. And there's a few birds overhead and he's just sort of stumbling his way and then boom, he runs into a tree and he's got his arms out and he's like, whoa, whoa, this is a tree? It's all rough. You didn't tell me it was rough. And it's so big. You didn't tell me. This is nothing like what you told me it's like. And I can smell it. The smell of the tree. The bark, the leaves, the dewdrops. You didn't tell me anything about the smell, even though I can smell. Whoa, this is what a tree is. Let me try and climb it. So he's a blind man, but it seems like there's a way we can help him up this tree a bit. And we give him a boost and we go with him and there's a few easy low branches. So he climbs out onto this tree and goes out onto a branch and he goes, wow, this is what a branch is. And he shakes it a little bit and he hears the rustling. Whoa, that's thousands of leaves shaking. Whoa, this is what a tree is. And of course, it's nothing like what we told him it's like. It's nothing like the thing that he had in his mind that was born from our description of it. Even the poetry. And he says, hey, Dosta, that poem that you told me about the tree, that's nothing like a tree. I'm having, it was all serious and it was all romantic. It was all emotional. But look at me, I'm sitting on this branch and I'm jumping up and down. I'm having fun. Trees are playful. They're not romantic. Trees don't have anything to do with beauty. They have something to do with innocence. With experiencing just a playfulness, a fun, a simplicity. And a sort of cheekiness of being able to rustle the leaves and make a noise. And to risk maybe this branch will break and I'll fall off. There's a thrill in climbing the tree. Imagine a blind man climbing a tree. Really. Now that is an image. Have you ever climbed a tree as an adult? I hope you did as, as a kid. If you didn't as a kid, you missed out. But as an adult, maybe if you have kids of your own, then there's a chance for you to climb a tree. You can climb with them. Or maybe you're at the stage where you just want to say, get down from there, you might hurt yourself. <laughs> well, imagine a blind man climbing a tree. He really might hurt himself. What a thrill. There's a real thrill there. So this thought experiment of how to describe a tree to a blind man 
this actually illustrates what it's like to describe something to someone else when that someone else has no experience of it. Every conversation has at least an element of it. Every conversation has an element of someone not knowing something when someone else does. And the whole game of communication, the whole directionality of communication is to have shared understanding. So this is a quick food for thought episode. This is our thought experiment of the day. And maybe you've come up with some other ideas. Maybe you would have different ways of going about describing what it means to explain something to someone or how you go about explaining something to someone. And in the case of the blind man, the differences or the inabilities are obvious. And in the case of you and someone else or you listening to someone or me talking to someone or anyone between anyone, it's not always clear where the limitations are. It's not always clear where the misunderstandings are. Are you a... It's like, are you... Do you know what a cup is? Do you know what a circle is? Of course I know what a circle is. But don't let that obviousness, don't let obviousness deter you from then further going along with more descriptions. And also don't let a description stop you from going out and actually saying, I want to find a tree for myself. I want to jump on the branches. I want to smell it. I want to climb all over it. So, if you want, go and look at a tree. Take some time to admire it. And try to find the poetry of it. Try to find the place where you can't describe it. Find the thing in it which is beyond words. Experience what the blind man can't experience. Or experience what the blind man can experience but you can't. Like in our story, it was the playfulness of the tree. And now we can be quiet for a few minutes. And that's all I have to say for now.